Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, what up, what up, what's going on? It's Frequency, producer extraordinaire. You're checking out the mixtape with my man Six Sense and Mick Boogie. Let's go for it. Yeah. It's your boy Six Sense. Let's go. Yeah, you know what it is From the moment you come over the bridge And I'ma show you some shit Eight million roaming the strip And I hope you ain't alone in the crib All right, ladies and gentlemen It is New York HR Um, We have an awesome, awesome guest Our topic is probably, I would say Next to getting rid of performance reviews, one of my favorite topics in all the world. So today we're calling bullshit on company perks. Um, Whether you're a fan of Silicon Valley, the show, um, or, you know, folks uh, that talk about company perks and how this, this area of HR has really exploded over the past, you know, I would say decade, maybe decade and a half as a, a, what, what perceives to be uh, a strategic recruiting element uh, of companies, we're calling bullshit today. Um, so I'm really excited to introduce my my guest. Um, my guest is Karen Weeks. She is the Vice President of People at Order Groove. Karen, how are you today? Hi, good. I'm hanging in there. It's actually a really nice day here in New York, so you can't complain. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. I I love, by the way, New York in the summer is always my least favorite time, and well, we, that's not what we're talking about today. But it's always nice to have a, a really nice day in in New York City. Yeah. It's uh, it's better than the alternative. So, so great to have you on board. So, you know, I've I've always talked about perks as as not being the ping pong table or not being the free food, and but so often, especially I think. Over the last 10, 15 years, perks have been something that 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 companies and HR folks have been really focused on, right? Delivering, and, and you hear about all these things, and and in some cases, you know, like I talked about Silicon Valley in the show, uh, sort of exemplified some of the funny uh, parts of of perks. But I've always said they're not ping pong tables, they're not free snacks, they're not happy hours. Um, so why, you know? Why did you want to call bullshit on company perks? What's your point of view on the way perks are being delivered today? And why is it bullshit? Yeah. So for me, it really is this like false promise of what that it must be an amazing company because they have a ping pong table or they have a this, they have (laughs) a that. And, you know, we can blame Google if we want to because they started with, you know, all the fun things that used to be in an office. When I was wor- started working in the early 2000s, you know, we had coffee makers, which was great, and those little packets that you could put in sort of before K-Cups, and we thought that was pretty cool. Um, and I think it really started to distract from what, do your, what does your team really need, what do they really care about, and what's going to set you apart, and how do you tie it to your overall culture? And I think it's just become either – jargon or ways to distract people like, oh, here's a shiny object. Don't look over here. Um, I was actually talking to someone at Order Group. This was several months ago, and they were talking about the previous organization they worked at, and it was totally toxic. The company was falling apart, and they just kept adding new free things because they were trying to distract (laughs) the team from how bad things were happening. I was like, that's exactly the problem. Perks should be things that are meaningful to your team to drive your culture, reflect what you are as a business, not just the things that you read about in the latest article on name any website. 
I, I love it. It's it, and it's it's ironic, right? So the there must be a correlation of the increase in to uh, how toxic an organization uh, <laughs> is. So when when we think about so I I, I call out ping pong tables because it's so easy to call out and free food. When you think about perks or when you talk about perks, like what what do you mean? Like what what are you talking about when you talk about company perks? Yeah, for me, it is anything that you are offering your employees that supposedly makes it either a fun environment or something that is more relaxed and casual that makes their life easier. So I'm going to list a couple of things. And for certain companies, this makes total sense because it ties into their mission or what they truly believe in. But, you know, for example, offering free laundry, um, if you have the space to do something like that, which maybe a lot of New Yorkers don't, but, you know, that's a perk that has kind of populated uh, over several years. And really what it's driving is I don't want you to have to miss work to go do your laundry. So let me have you do it on site so I can have you here at the office more. Um, If it's actually something that, you know, your company services laundromats or is one of those, like I pick up the laundry and wash it for you or whatever, then free laundry probably makes sense. Or um, having a dog friendly office. I am a huge animal person. We have three. I don't have any human children because I'm very happy with my furry ones. (laughs) But having a dog at an office is a a huge responsibility and takes a lot to really make that work. But if you're not, you know, if you're BarkBox, of course you want to have a dog-friendly office because it's part of your mission. Otherwise, is it just the thing that you're adding because you think you're supposed to or everybody asks you for it because everybody thinks you should be a dog-friendly office? So those are some other ones where, yes, beer and ping pong are very easy to be the targets of the conversation. But really, it's anything that is superfluous that doesn't actually drive meaning or tie to what you do as an organization. You should have perks that are really tied to who you are or really actually are meaningful for your company. Um, and that's how I've tried to think about it as I worked with, you know, different companies along the way. And, and I love that thinking. Um, and in line with that, let's, let's talk about, so what are some of the, your least favorite perks? Like these are the ones where when you hear about them, you're like, Oh, if I could just, you know, get into their department and, and remove this perk. And like, so what, what are some of the, your least favorite ones? Yeah, I think some of them are around free things that people don't actually need. Um, (laughs) And this is where I'm probably like someone is going to complain and say that I'm wrong and like I'm just no fun. But, you know, do you really need a free, you know, a barista on site? Do you really need, um, you know, free ice cream Sundays every Friday? Um, or, um, you know, every conference room also has a video game set up. Again, if you're a video game company, of course that makes sense. But you don't need video games in every single conference room or something like that. And, again, it, it ties to it should be important for you. And so for, if you're a company that video games are wicked important, then awesome. Like, have those there. If you're doing it just because you think you're supposed to or that's going to make more engineers want to come to your company, that's fucking ridiculous. Like, what makes engineers come to your company is they want to work on really interesting products and be building interesting things and coding really interesting work. That's why engineers come to your company, not because you have video games. And I love that. And I want to I want to double click on that because I think it's an important point point, you know, because I, I, I here my opinion on this is twofold. One is. Perks are easy, right? It's easy 
to go to, you know, Best Buy and buy a game, uh, an Xbox or a PS4, throw it into an office, you know, throw it into a conference room and you're done. Okay. I assume that this is going to increase productivity. And there are some studies that show play is an important piece, but not this in this sense, the, the idea of play. Um, but I really loved your point. It's really the, the second point, which is, you know, coders want to work on cool shit is the harder part, right? Because maybe your company is yeah. not working on cool shit, right? So, so how do you think about that? Like, I know we're, we're calling BS on perks, but on the flip side of that, like, what are the perks you're think, you think about? Like, again, I, I love the idea of aligning, if you're Ben and Jerry's Friday ice cream, probably yeah. makes sense. <laughs> And Monday ice cream and Tuesday ice cream, by the way. And yes, every day of the week, if I'm at Ben and Jen, Jerry's, I want ice cream. All right. I'm sorry. That's, that's my, <laughs> that's my uh, stipulation. That's my perk. Um, but when you, when you're the head of HR, so let's say at order groove or some of the other companies that you've worked with, when you start thinking about perks, how do you start framing that up? How can we tell the audience of really smart HR folks how to frame this up in, in a better way? So they're not going down this rabbit hole of, ping pong tables and gaming systems? Yeah, so first I would actually partially ask the team. Um, and not that it means they're going to get everything they want, but, you know, we used to have a benefit of a gym discount. And that was definitely sort of checking the box of like, oh, we offer this wellness thing, aren't we great? And nobody was using it, or very few people were using it. And so then we tried sort of like a Groupon kind of platform for wellness where you would get all these discounts to all these different things, and that wasn't really working. And so I asked the team, I was like, guys, you tell me you want wellness perks. I'm trying to offer these things. What am I missing? What am I doing wrong? And what I learned was that everybody had very different definitions of what wellness was for them. But some people wanted to be part of like intramural sports. Some people did uh, gym classes. Some people wanted to do like a Peloton kind of membership. Other people cared more about headspace and, and mental wellness. And so we shifted what we did to do a flexible wellness allowance. And you can use it towards anything that is sort of wellness related versus here's a discount to something because that's only going to appeal to a certain number of people. And I never would have figured that out if I hadn't talked to the team. So I knew wellness was important. I absolutely wanted to give a quote unquote perk that was tied to that above and beyond the basics of health insurance, obviously, and that kind of stuff. And so I, I just flat out asked the team, like, what's meaningful to you? And when I heard so many different answers, that made me realize, oh, I need to make something that's much more flexible that anyone can use in the way they want to use. Um, another great example of when a, a sort of more typical perk actually had much more meaning. So in my last company, we had several different locations, and we did not offer free lunch uh, in most of the locations. There was one down in Texas where we did. It was a huge call center. They were not near anything super convenient. So when they had their hour lunch break, it was a very difficult for them to get anywhere to literally drive, get lunch, eat it, and get back to their desk within that hour because they had to clock in and out. And so there we did actually have an on-site free lunch program because it made sense for that location and that population um, versus, oh, it's just free lunch and that's what we do because that's what, you know, Google or whoever did. So I think it's really important to identify what's going to be valuable to your team, either because you're missing it and you're hearing the feedback or you're looking at your population or your setup, and this will actually be meaningful for those people. And I, I love your point because 
the idea so there's a there's a, a philosophy or methodology in design called follow the cow path so um and and the analogy is if you're a farmer you watch where the cow paths move and or the cows move uh, naturally and then you put paths down as opposed to just assuming where they'll roam um and that's kind of what you're 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 attempting to do and it's fascinating to me because I would bet that nine out of 10, if not 10 out of 10 of the folks listening on this call have rolled out some sort of wellness or some sort of program, I being one of them, um, assuming that we are the smartest people ever in HR. And then these, these things fail. They fail miserably. Like they, yeah, everyone like kind of cheers the day, the first day. And, and I agree. I, we, we did wellness and we've done gym memberships and, you know, it's like the few people that actually want it. Uh, subscribe, but then it falls. Um, and I love your thought. And this is this is something that I think HR really needs to to, to do better at. And even um, I was on a email conversation about this um, today. Is pulse the employees? Find out. Ask your people what they want, but also think about it. And I've I've tried to really figure out how to do this. And I know it's hard. You know, it's easier for early stage companies with smaller employee headcount bases, but for large companies, a little bit more difficult, difficult, but customized HR, like the ability to mm -hmm. sort of do things a la carte for employees. So yeah, you all get the basic stuff here, but you can a la carte certain things and let's pick off this and not necessarily this. And, and it, and it's nothing that really cuts gender specific or age specific because people want different things, but the ability to sort of pull a la carte. So, but I, going back to your point, I love the fact that you're actually asking people what they want. Um, Cause I think it's an important factor. Like we can't make these assumptions uh, around perks, especially. Um, so, you know, we, we obviously know about free beer, the ping pong, the gaming systems. Are there some, um, some other perks, maybe even old perks that are coming back around or newer perks that you've heard about that kind of align with your point of view, this idea of aligning either to your company or to what you're hearing from your employees? Yeah, I think um, definitely things around some mental wellness or some flexibility with, with um, what's going on at home. So especially right now, um, if you're listening live, you know what I'm talking about. But if you're listening to a recording, it's July. We are in the middle of COVID. Um, here in New York, things are getting better, but we still don't know what's going on in the fall. And in other places of the country, obviously, it's not getting better. And so I think that's another moment where I had this realization of I've got to be – now, one side note I'll say is order group is 70 people. So to your point earlier, I do probably have more flexibility than if we were 5,000 people, and I can be more individualized. But over the last few months, as we've been going through the pandemic and people have been working from home a lot more or solely working from home, we've, I've really been more focused on the individual needs. And so we have actually, you know, we're obviously not doing social events. We're, we're not doing snacks in the office, like a lot of the things that we had budget to be flexible around. Okay, honestly, you tell me what you need and we will figure it out for you. And so more, some people really needed more support figuring out what a home, a home office setup was going to look like. So we threw a little money that way. Other people cared more about um, flexibility because they're trying to figure out childcare and all that. And while we can't, we don't have the, the budget to support childcare, we can offer the flexibility of hours and helping them reprioritize their work where honestly, there's no money tied to that except for, you know, obviously thinking about productivity and those sort of things, but there's no like cash flow. Um, but that was so important to that person. And that's going to retain that person way more than if I threw, you know, 200 bucks at them right now. So 
I think really that's another opportunity where, again, realize I'm privileged by being in a smaller company and I have some of that flexibility is asking people what is important to you at this moment and figuring out how to best support them. Um, and the other thing I just want to be sort of like put an asterisk next to you, because again, I sometimes hear some of the, the naysayers nipping in my ear. I'm not saying give people what they want. Like, I'm not saying baby your employees. I'm not saying everybody's a special snowflake and they should get whatever they want. You're a business. You still need to make the right decisions and, like, think about it from that standpoint. But when the opportunity arises or when it makes sense to have a more individualized or customized option, if that fits your culture and fits who you are, you know, one of our values is what you see is what you get. And authenticity, authenticity and individuality is really important to us. And so that asking someone right now, what do you need, ties into hopefully the way they have felt, you know, their whole tenure at Order Group, and maybe now it's just more of a spotlight. So I think that's how I try to think about different perks um, that we can offer folks that's right for them or right for this moment. It may not have been right six months ago, and it may not be what the company should be doing in six months from now, but right now that's how we shifted um, what some perks that we're offering because it's such a unique time and that flexibility, individualization, and customization is important to me, and that's what I was trying to deliver for the team, at least for now. I think, I think you come with a contrarian viewpoint on this, but, you know, the, given the COVID situation, do you think, and I know you mentioned that it might be something different in six months, but do you think this has changed your perspective given the COVID situation around perks and 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 the customization part, do you think that's something that's going to, that's going to live on uh, as as we progress out of COVID? So I think it is in in a couple of different ways. I think one is at least for a lot of companies I've been talking to, they are going to go to a much more flexible remote op- option, even when offices are safe to go back into. And so with that, naturally perks will be different for different people because no longer healthy snacks in the office may not make a difference because if half your population didn't go back to your office, who cares what's happening in the office? So I think it's going to force some more creativity around what perks really are because now you might have more people that aren't going to be taking advantage of that. I think on the flip side, when you are together, uh, we're going to have to think more about what are actually valuable activities to be doing together. And we were already kind of starting to think this way because to your question earlier, our you know, population has grown and changed. We've become um, diverse, um, also diverse in where we are in our lives. And so different things are important to different people. And so already our social events had started to evolve. And I think that's going to be another thing, which, is, which falls in the perk bucket, right? Like what social events do you offer your teams? Um, I think that's going to be different in six months from now because when we do all come together, it's going to be much more rare and therefore much more special. And so that social event should be more meaningful than the monthly random thing that we used to do that, you know, 20 people maybe would show up at. And so, so how are you thinking? So you, you talked about being a small company, you've worked at larger companies. Um, how, how do perks evolve as companies grow and, and mature? Um, even if we're thinking customized, but even just generally as, as uh, companies grow and, and mature, how do you see perks evolving yeah, I think it really par- partially is it scalable. Um, so, you know, having more individualized programs may not be scalable as you get to 500, 1,000 people. I think there's also uh, an important factor of thinking that you're going to have 
people that have more outside interests. So maybe instead of everybody being in their 20s and this is like their second job and, and that sort of feel of a startup uh, to be very stereotypical, um, you may now have people that have more family commitments or are doing other things in their life. And so you're thinking more about one thing that I saw uh, my last company do was think more about different times of the day to do different things. So if we were offering some sort of free something or other Maybe it was around breakfast time, maybe it was around lunchtime, and then we would, you know, the next month do something more at a happy hour time so that no matter what was happening in your life, you were able to, to participate in, even if it was like free massages or like, you know, whatever the thing was, but making sure that it wasn't always, you know, Friday at five o'clock because to not be as interesting for everybody as you grow as a company and more and more different folks are joining. And so I think thinking about how you can both scale whatever you do um, but also the ability to have it be more universal um, so that more people will want to take advantage of it or have it um, change month over month or whatever so that there's more flexibility for folks to enjoy whatever the thing is that you're offering. Absolutely. I, I agree in the fact that, you know, you're, you're definitely, in, and I, and I've seen the startup culture, right? It's the Thursday night um, happy hour sessions and, when you have parents and, and other folks and even different interests, like even you may have a younger person that's more of an introvert. And um, so even thinking about these things, not only in scale, but really I, I love the customization element of these things and, and the way COVID has forced us to really think about that as opposed to just trying to do one thing. Um, Cause again, I, I want HR to move from this check the box mentality to something where it's like, yeah, this may be hard, but it probably will be better and, and more effective. Um, you talked a little bit about, um, you, you mentioned massages. So one of the, the things that now is, is hot in, in the, in the perk space is this experience. Um, and in full disclosure, we had Blueboard on the show mm-hmm. um, where we, we kind of call BS on traditional recognition and rewards. Um, and we perpetuated the idea of this experience. What are your thoughts um, or, or point of view on, on these newer perks like experience? Yeah, it's interesting. For me, I actually really like it because it goes back to that individual side of things. Um, and actually um, that sparks another thing that we did at my last company from a scalability standpoint was we moved to, and of course right now I can't remember the name of it, but we moved to a platform where people earned points. And as they earned their points, um, they got to purchase different things that they liked. Um, And that was a scalable thing because we were no longer trying to give out hundreds and hundreds of gift cards or whatever. People, it was all managed through this platform. And I thought that was a really helpful way, but it ties into the question you just asked around Uh, experiences, uh, which uh, is for me tied to the individuality piece. We do a recognition program um, and it is, uh, the reward is cash to an experience of your choice. Um, And it, because everybody wants to celebrate something differently. We've had people skydive, we've had people go to shows, we've had people put it towards a trip. Um, And so that way they're able to celebrate either on their own because they've always wanted to do this thing like skydiving or maybe they worked really hard on something and want to take a break and their significant other should be a part of that because they were the ones left at home while this person was working so hard. So, so I actually like the idea of experiences because of the individual piece. And then if you're able to use a platform like this one that I can't remember, it's like you earned it or something like that. Um, it allows you to scale those experiences so that I, as the HR team, aren't trying to manage all these different uh, individual experiences or get the receipts and all that stuff, 
but it still gives the um, special recognition to the person um, that is going through it. So I've seen some companies do like travel allowances, if that's something that's really tied to who they are. Again, I think that needs to make sense to your organization. Like, I don't think that would work for order group, but I've seen more and more allowances kind of come up as part of the conversation around perks to allow for some of those more experiential sort of activities or more customized options. So we, we um, and, and by the way, good news for Blueboard, by the way, um, and sorry for the uh, one you can't remember. Um, uh, and, and I agree. I think, you know, the experience piece, uh, oftentimes what happens is something new comes in in the world in within HR and everyone jumps all over it. Um, and I think in this case, it, it, it's justified. I think it's sort of if I, if I use the same cow path analogy. I'm watching the cow paths here and experiences are, are definitely very interesting. And for the reasons that you talked about, the idea of it being very customized, specialized to what, what those folks want. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go off a little off script here, but I think you can answer the question. So um, I'm going to ask two questions. One is what was, what has been to date your favorite perk to offer employees? And it could be the same answer here, or it might not be. Um, what perk do you think has been effective? And obviously the idea of perks um, or offering perks is to support and motivate your team. So first question, your favorite all-time perk that you personally like, not you, you know, experience it, but you just as the head of HR, mm -hmm. just like really love the perk. Uh, and if it's the same answer, uh, what perk has really provided the, the motivation and support for, for teams? Yeah, that is a great question. I'm trying to rack my brain through all the different perks that either I've offered at companies or I've heard other people offer. Um, and not to toot our own horn, um, but I think it's going to be the wellness allowance we just moved to about a year ago at Order Groove. And I think the reason why, and I'm sure, you know, other companies do it. I'm not saying we're special and, and came up with something so unique, but I think it was because it was that real opportunity where we didn't just check the box. We heard something from the team. We figured it out. Finance at first was really uncomfortable with it because you have no idea how many people are going to use it. And it could all of a sudden have been wicked expensive that you were not expecting. Um, <laughs> so you have to figure out like how to budget for that. But I, I do think that it was the perfect example of something's not working. What we are trying to drive is not actually driving anything. So what do we need to be doing differently? Um, and so I think that's why, and then I do really like the, the flexibility of it, you know, especially, again, especially right now, I used to use it to go to the gym and now I use it for a Peloton that I bought because I can't go to a gym or other people really like being part of running clubs or, you know, it, it really does support the fact that you are an individual and you like to do something the way you like to do it. And you shouldn't feel like you have to be forced to do it a different way, or you don't get to take advantage of that perk. Um, and so I think that's definitely the one that I, is one of the favorites that I've personally rolled out. Um, and I think the one that actually added the most value was at a, the company I worked previously, we had a really rich development budget. Um, it was tuition reimbursement or it was uh, other things around, you know, going to conferences or whatever. And, and we were fortunate we were, you know, by the time uh, we got acquired, we were at 1,500 people. So we were bigger and could, could have bigger budgets for this stuff. Um, but I think it really drove a lot of value because there were a lot of people career passing was something that was really important to that organization. And so allowing people to take classes, 
uh, go back to school. We had a lot of folks that didn't even have their, their undergrad at that point. And so going back to school and getting that, or they had found their way into this industry and wanted some more formal training. Um, I thought that was something that was really meaningful that, you know, on paper, it's like, great, you have a development budget. Of course you should, like most companies do, but it really added a lot of value to that organization. I love it. I love it. Um, and we had a slight technical issue, but I was able to jump back on. So uh, nice. great stuff. Sorry, I missed some of that, but it was probably awesome. I'll, I'll, I'll listen to it in the, uh, in the podcast. Um, very cool. So I really appreciate, you know, listen, I, you have an incredible background um, and, and any parting ways for the HR leaders, the, the people leaders on the call uh, that are listening today, any sort of advice as they're thinking about perks, maybe one piece of advice, because um, I think it's been incredible in terms of your point of view on these things and, and how to really create perks that provide impact. Um, any parting sort of just final words on this um, on this topic? Yeah, I think I would just really reiterate perks are not going to retain your employees. Perks are not going to be the thing that actually makes them happy. It may distract them. It may, you know, entice them in the beginning, but it's your culture. It's the work that they're doing, and it's being proud of the company and being proud of being a part of that company that are actually going to keep them uh, in the long term. So find perks that support all that and find opportunities to do things with the team that is actually meaningful for them, represents who you are as an organization, and then it will just seem seamless and they won't even think about it, the fact that it's a perk. It's just part of working for your organization. And I, by the way, I feel that way about all HR things, you know, training, performance reviews, like whatever the, the HR topic is. Um, but especially when it comes to perks, um, it, like I said, it may distract them, but it's, if it's not actually tied to your broader culture and representative of who you are, then it won't matter in the long term, and you just wasted a bunch of money on something for a short-term result. I love it. I love it. And, and are you saying the Lacroix I would give away don't align with QGs? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm joking. Um, so no, but real quickly, we moved away from Lacroix and went to a bevy machine, and I will tell you that was the most popular thing. And I think the thing that people miss the most by not being in the office is that stupid bevy machine. Fascinating, <laughs> right? Um, so, so, Karen, thank you again. I, I want to give everyone uh, sort of your background. You have an impressive background. So, again, you're VP of People at Order Groove. You were named uh, one of 2020 Notable Women in Talent by Crane's New York Business. I am not even close to anything like this. This is awesome. Uh, you're a career coach. You're a speaker. You're published. You have a, a book, uh, Setting the Stage, a guide to preparing any for any feedback conversation, which, of course, now via Zoom, I'm sure, is very challenging. And, and lastly, um, which is really exciting, is that you're a host of a, a new podcast called, called Getting Off the Hamster Wheel. Talk, talk, talk a little bit about that. Let folks know where they can find, find that podcast. What, what is it all about? Yeah, so as I was doing some career coaching and as I was just talking to people in general during the pandemic, I was so surprised at how many people were taking an opportunity to take a step back and think about is this the career I actually want to be in? Either they were laid off and they were sort of forced to address that question, or they just, anytime you go through something really dramatic like a pandemic, you just tend to be more self-reflective. Um, and I actually made a career change. So when I started uh, my career, I was working in the entertainment industry. And after a few years, I realized it wasn't what I wanted. And I had no idea where I was going to go next and found HR and, and obviously love it and so happy I made the change. But I want, so many people were saying, you know, do people change careers? Is it too late? Did I waste all this time? I was like, no, this happens all the time. 
And so the podcast is people telling their stories of sort of untraditional career paths, whether that's because they literally did a 180 like I did and totally changed what they do, whether that's they support their passion sort of more on the side and use the 95 job for like stability and the thing that you need in life. Some people thought they wanted to change careers and realized there was something else in their life and they went back to the original career and they're happier than ever. Um, and so it's just all these different stories. And then in between the episodes, I do a little mini episode with some actionable tips based on whatever advice the guest gave in the last episode. So it's called Getting Off the Hamster Wheel. It's available, you know, on all the different podcast uh, hosting sites out there. Um, and, yeah, I would love for people to check it out because people are not alone. You can change a career. If you're feeling stuck, you can change it and find happiness at any time in your life. I love it. I love it. It's it's fantastic. And, and, and you're right. I think when an epidemic like this hits, people reevaluate their current situations. In fact, I – I have a, I studied accounting and, and realized I was really bad at it my first year and went into HR and recruiting and got out of HR and recruiting and went on the business side running an HR tech company mm-hmm. and now I'm back into the HR space. So I've been on and off the hamster wheel my entire life <laughs> and I'm still not sure what I want to do with my life and I'm 47. So listen to Karen uh, your, your podcast. Make sure you you listen to it. Find it on uh, Apple Podcasts wherever you find podcasts that's where you can find us new york hr karen thank you so much for for your time i really appreciate it thank you i've really enjoyed the conversation and i hope people were inspired by some uh bs statements about perks today <laughs> and thank you uh, exactly you. well inspired by you me not so much but that's okay that's yeah. the job <laughs> very cool have a great day everyone thank you. thanks, you too. thanks uh, everyone thanks thanks to karen again for being our guest um Fun topic next, uh, we're calling bullshit on benchmarks. So everyone loves to benchmark on things, and we're going to call bullshit on that. So see you next time.